Discretion is advised. This is the Cul-de-Sac Insomniac, and I'm Ophelia. And I'm Tori. And we're going to keep you up all night. It's so much better. It's so much better than being in my walk-in closet <laughs> by myself. I, I don't know if we are going to be any better, but right. the sound will definitely be, be, be better. Absolutely, yes. And there's better snacks. Apparently also. not my ability to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> Same level. Ongoing battle, really. That's what that is. Oh, my gosh. So we had, yeah, we um, had all sorts of issues that's why we skipped an episode. There was supposed to be an episode out this past week, but it was our last bi-weekly, and it mm-hmm. was our last remote, and we had so many problems, we couldn't even get it done. We could, I couldn't even get on the internet. It was a whole thing. It was impossible. No. So now we knew we were starting anyway. We were scheduled to start this one. Um, now we're doing weekly, and we're going to be all in the same room, and I'm going to be feeding everybody, because that's kind of my jam, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome. So what's going on with you? Anything new? No, I just, I'm so excited to be here and in person and not having to not be able to see you when we're recording. This is really just so much easier and so much better. So It is so much easier and so much better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even though they can't see us, but they don't. That's okay. They don't. That it's better that they don't. It's better. Really. It really yeah. is better. Faces I, for podcasting. I have a face for radio. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Nothing weird happened to you. Nothing scary. No, but didn't something scary happen to you? Something scary did happen to me, and in fact, it was in this room that we're in right now. So hey, uh, hey, this is so, the most haunted room in the house. It though. is. It probably is. It yeah. might be. So nobody else was upstairs. Um, Papa was out. And my husband and son were downstairs watching TV, and my daughter was out. And I was in the office, getting my little notes ready, getting ready for the show. And there were no dogs in here. They were all out in the yard. And the couch, the couch, the closet, (laughs) the closet door that had chairs, folding chairs piled up against it, pushed out a little bit from the inside to the point that it moved the chairs and then it went back and I could hear the chairs like hit and I saw it I was looking right at it when it happened like something was in trying to get out and I was like no thank you either that's a really big mouse Mm. (laughs) I hate that so much because I thought you know my dogs are, are small and they're always getting so I thought one of them got themselves trapped in the closet right of course that was my first thought so I wasn't it's like everything else that happens to me. It isn't freaky until I realize it's freaky. Right. It's not freaky at first. Right. So I thought, oh, God, one of my dogs got in there, and now they can't get out. Of course. And I didn't know when that would happen because I didn't have the door open, but I I didn't know. Whatever. Well, what else would it be? Right. Yeah. So I opened the door. Nothing in there. So anyway, mm. that's my weird 
I'm just going to be staring at that closet door the whole time we're recording <laughs> yeah, now. You know. I'm so suspicious of that. This used to be my room, too. I used to sleep in here. This is where you saw yeah. the white lady, right? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. Uh, Uncle Kenny, she, I was in the other room. Oh, Uncle Kenny was here. Oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> That's really creepy. Yeah. Oh, no. No, so, I haven't had anything creepy happen to me. Knock on wood yet. so far. Yeah, that's really what it is, is yet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any weird science stuff. Usually the scientists have found out. Yeah, nothing, nothing. They said, you know, we'll give you a chill first weekend person. There's a thing about the sharks. We were talking about the sharks. Yes, about how that is weird. They're saying the amount of sharks that there are now are like 10%. Of the amount of sharks that there used to be like 19 million years ago and something yeah. happened. So Some kind I don't of really cataclysmic get shark be, event. Yeah, I don't shark apocalypse, shark mm. po- shark apocalypse. Mm, I don't yes, know. Yes, I don't yes. know. But I here's where I just don't get science. Mm. I don't get how they can tell that there were nine times as many sharks 19 million years ago as there are now, but then something happened to cause them that destroyed their population and they right. never recovered, but they don't really know what it was. I, I don't know how they I don't, know. There's no shark censuses. I don't understand there's that either. Sh- and yeah. that's just constantly with all science-related things. I'm like, okay, you're like, no, 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 but there's other universes. But yeah. how are you look? You did oh, the oh, math? Oh, because, because one of them bumped into ours. That's how. Okay, oh. but like, but what? I hate it. So I'm so uncomfortable with all of it. But how does that? I don't like, get it. How do we find who, that? How do we know that information? Who determined that? <laughs> I'm so lo- I just say okay sure I believe you cuz you so, certainly know more than me about the we've shark We talked apocalypse. about my TikTok addic- addiction that we have. and I follow sciency people mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. TikTok mm-hmm. And so this one woman who is a, an astrophysicist was saying that we can actually see the big bang because they can see light and how it travels and she said that there was there has light from another universe that it took us 13 billion years to get here but it was only three billion years light years away when it set out so that tells us that the universes are moving apart and it was just i was saying uh, okay this already hurts this is <laughs> too much for me i i'm barely get my my head around the around gravity. No, I, seriously, it, though. Once, like, once this planet, <laughs> I understand some parts of it. I, there's no, I can't move past that. You know, it's just not there for me. I just, okay, I don't even I get believe the moon, you. Like I said, I, well, so <laughs> I was, we were talking about, you know, how they, scientists, they want to travel to the, to Mars or mm. in the moon and set up, like, eventually set up colonies there. And mm. I was thinking, well, how would you have power? Mm-hmm. Because you don't, I don't know if there's wind. No. No, because the, the flag on the need, moon has like wires and stuff in it because there's no wind. I don't know about on Mars. I think they have sandstorms there, but there's no water, so you yeah. can't have I hydro. I guess solar energy, right? I don't think there's enough sun. Is there enough sunlight? Because to get solar, you don't have gas, you don't have oil, you don't have coal, you don't have... Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how you would... I don't know enough about get it. Get power. No. And so then my husband starts explaining how, well, you could have solar powers on panels on the moon, but they could only collect light from the sun when it was night on Earth because the sun reflects from the Earth. To onto the, the and it, how it's just, it's it's tidally locked, so you could only do it on one part. It's a, oh. And then I said, He's no, so much smarter than you're both smarter of us. than I am. Then yeah. I 
Nope, I'm lost already. No. <laughs> wow. Moon colonies. Not for yeah. me. I think no. I'll stick it out I here. I think I'm <laughs> just gonna. Other people can go to Mars? Yes, I wish them the best of luck. Because I watched that movie, The Martian, and it doesn't me too. seem Me too. I, I read the book, too. Good book. Doesn't seem like a great lifestyle. It doesn't seem like a good... Yes, yeah, skip uh, it. The movie was entertaining. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Matt Damon's always good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always lost. But That's he's absolutely good. true. <laughs> <laughs> that guy really, we need to just get like a GPS trip I mean, trip we've in spent him. a considerable amount of taxpayer money mm-hmm. hauling mm-hmm. Matt Damon back from places, but mm-hmm. still. Yep. Yeah. I don't think I want to go there. No, I'll skip it. I don't think that's on my travel list quite yet. So speaking of weird stuff, in, this is kind of science. I don't oh, know if this is... stepping on Courtney's toes. I don't know if it qualifies as science. It might be like a pseudoscience. Ah, Okay. But it's remote viewing. Like looking at your TV remote? That's, <laughs> that's where I am with that. Remote viewing, and this is from the Wikipedia okay. page, which I know is not definitive, but this is mm-hmm. legitimately what remote viewing is, is the practice of seeking impressions about a distant or unseen target purportedly sensing with the mind. Remote viewing experiments have historically been criticized for lack of proper controls and repeatability. Now, this is what the Wikipedia page is saying. There is no scientific evidence that remote viewing exists, and the topic of remote viewing is generally regarded as pseudoscience. Typically, a remote viewer is expected to give information about an object, event, person, or location that is hidden from physical view and separated at some distance. Um, The physicists Russell Targ and Harold Putoff Um, Parapsychology researchers at Stanford Research Institute are generally credited with coining the term remote viewing to distinguish it from the closely related concept of clairvoyance. Mm. So it's almost like it's like targeted clairvoyance. We have my my dog is trying to stage a break in right now (laughs) and we've deployed some security measures, (laughs) namely our sound editor is sitting in front of the door trying to keep him out. He wants to be on the podcast, guys. He's trying every every week. He's trying to get on the podcast. (laughs) Really, really making a big and he's not invited. Yeah. And he doesn't care for that. And he doesn't like that. Mm hmm. According to Targ, the term was first suggested by Ingo Swan in December 1971 during an experiment at the American Society for Psychical Research in New York City. Remote viewing was popularized in the 1990s upon declassification of certain documents related to the Stargate Project, a $20 million research program that started in 1975 and was sponsored by the U.S. government in an attempt to determine any potential military application of psychic phenomena. The program was terminated in 1995 after it failed to produce any actionable intelligence information. Mm. That's the official story. Oh, oh, interesting. There's some reason to believe that this is not quite accurate and that there were successes with remote viewing. There are some people who say that they continue to use it today. Ooh. You can take classes on Udemy and there's other places where you can take classes on remote viewing. Um, so I'm going to put the links to some. Um, there's a remote viewing basics and remote viewing advanced intuition of billionaires. I'm not oh, sure what. Okay. I yeah, I don't know what that's all about. So this is something that's teachable. That's what they say. What? Um, Lynn Buchanan, 
Leonard Lynn Buchanan, he's now retired from U.S. Army Intelligence. I've read a couple of his books about it, actually. He has used remote viewing to assist police and federal agents in locating missing children, and he founded Problem Solutions Innovations, a company that helps corporations develop solutions for intelligence-related data acquisition. Considered to be one of the best remote viewing trainers, he lives in Alamogordo, New, Me New Mexico, with his wife, Linda, um, he has a website called crviewer.com. And so he's got several books out and I have read at least one. Um, I'm gonna put all the links to his books and to his site um, on the website. One is Seven Sense Secrets Viewing um, Military Secrets. And there's another book that is just about, it's called Lynn Buchanan, and it's all about his um, his experiences. So what he had gotten really good at doing and a lot of other people, they would just get coordinates. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't know where the location was. Right. And then they would like meditate, get into this deep meditative state mm -hmm. and essentially astral travel to these locations and they would have a group of people and they'd come back and write down their impressions of where they were and so apparently in a lot of cases they were writing wow. the same descriptions wow and would even describe seeing people and some of them claimed that they would astrally travel there and see the other people they were with what the fuck like in on the astral plane viewing that location what <sighs> so um, Gaia.com has an article. So remote, it, remote viewing is defined as the ability to acquire accurate information about a distant or non-local place, person, or event without using your physical senses or any other obvious means. It's associated with the idea of clairvoyance, being able to spontaneously know something with actually knowing how you got the information. And it's sometimes almost called anomalous cognition or what's commonly known as second sight. Hmm. So there are supposedly many well-known entrepreneurs and business people who use it, oh. like George Soros, oh. <laughs> Conrad Hilton, Thomas Alva Edison, Akio Morita, the founder of Sony, they attribute their business sex success business success <laughs> to their remote viewing ability what how i don't understand but it's something that can be learned so according to this article by si simeon hine i'm so sorry i can't pronounce names at all <laughs> i'm terrible um about 20 years ago, I became involved in something that at the time seemed really unbelievable to me called remote viewing. And it's apparently built into every one of us, even if you're not subconscious, not consciously aware of it, and you can learn to do it. So here's some interesting things. So I just want to go back to the official statement was sure. that we stopped this in 1995 because there were no results. So apparently, according to the this article in the Miami Herald that I will also link, the CIA files that were released revealed how U.S. used psychics to spy on Iran mm. and to spy on the locations where the hostages were. And some people said that they uh, they were monitoring them and how to, to see where they were being held or what mm -hmm. help they were in. And there were some who 
who said, well, the psychics never got any hits. And there were others said, well, they did get hits of locations and all we could determine is at least one hostage was in this location, but they couldn't get specific enough information, but mm -hmm. they did get, it depended on how you considered something a hit. Right. Some of them, some critics of the program said, it wasn't any better than chance. You could have guessed these things. Sure. And proponents of the program said, no, if you look at the criteria in this way, they got their hits were far better than chance. So it's still, it's one of those things that it still gets debated by different groups. Now, Newsweek has an article about a Pentagon scientist who says that psychics can and do help spies. And he talks about the remote viewing program. And he said over the past two years that there have been, they've been using them to track someone in the San Francisco Bay Area who was leaving canisters of liquid nitrogen. Oh. Like around and so she's part of an experiment. So they were using um, remote viewers to track her movements. She's part of an experiment run by a Pentagon, former Pentagon scientist to prove mm. the existence of ESP. So she'd be going around and doing things and they would be remote viewing like to get her coordinates. Mm. So um, the CIA released a report about 20 years ago called an evaluation of remote viewing research and applications. So it was the 183 page white paper that was the CIA's public admission that the U.S. government agencies had been using a type of ESP called remote viewing for 20 years to collect military and intelligence secret secrets. And the program employed psychics to visualize hidden extremist training sites in Libya, describe new Soviet submarine designs, and pinpoint locations of U.S. hostages held by foreign kidnappers. Wow. So according to this scientist, Dr. Edwin May. <laughs> I'm doing this on my phone, guys, because I have to shut my computer down and I keep... So, Dr. Edwin May um, tests these participants for remote viewing abilities because even though it can apparently be taught to anybody, but for example, this Lynn Buchanan, mm -hmm. I guess was just a natural, like he got stuff. Some people, it takes them a long time to get right. anything and he got stuff right away. pretty quickly. Wow. And um, so... Another interesting thing that I found on CIA.gov. What a site. CIA.gov <laughs> reading room. What? What a site to be using. Yeah. As your source. To just put it out there. CIA.gov. So they have all of these papers and it's 178 pages, this report on remote viewing. Wow. And I'm not going to obviously... No, I think you should read the whole thing out loud read to us right thing. now. <laughs> just start from the top, include page numbers. Go all the way through. But here with their, I'm going to get to just read the conclusions. Okay, great. So even though on the official statement, well, it didn't provide any anything significant. Right. The actual conclusions in evaluating the various laboratory studies, the reviewers reached the following conclusions. A statistically significant laboratory effort has been demonstrated in the sense that hits occur more often than chance. Hmm. It is unclear whether the observed effects can unambiguously be attributed to the paranormal ability of the remote viewers, viewers as opposed to the characteristics of the judges or the target or some other characteristic of the methods used. 
evidence has not been provided that clearly demonstrates that the causes of hits are due to the operation of paranormal phenomena, although they have found evidence of success that are greater than chance and are statistically significant. Significant, right, yeah. So they decided that they were going to shut down the program because they felt they weren't getting enough out of it because it was costing like $20 million a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But my personal opinion Mm. and other people sort of like Ingo Swan, Limbukin, and these sort of people have have implied Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in various interviews that that because people were, I guess it had gotten out that this was something that they were doing using psychics and it was kind of an uproar Mm -hmm. that it was put out, said to have been shut down, but is being continued under the radar because apparently there's a significant chunk of the military budget that I don't know if they call it like the black budget. I think yeah, they call it yeah, like that, I've heard of that. Where people don't know where the money goes or what it and pays for. And then no for. one can ask. And right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like no one, almost no one has, like even right. the president right. doesn't get well, to that's, know. This is very like MK Ultra where they were like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 we don't do that anymore. Yeah. We Now that you know about it, we stopped. Like, okay, hmm, interesting. Sure. Yeah. Well, they had that whole. Um, there was a program which I'll do. I'll do a show on that at some point, where they were, you know, up in Montauk, New York. They were people. There were rumors that they were doing all of these um, experiments, like mm-hmm. on soldiers and things like that, like mind control experiments. Yeah, that was and part like, of MK Ultra, I think. Right, with and, like and, LSD and stuff. And so they were like, no, 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 no. Oh, you have proof. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> As it turns out, and yep. I think like the Unabomber was part of it. Like, there's all these different. It's crazy. And these it's people would wild. be out in society, and they could be like triggered, right? Just triggered by right, because they didn't oftentimes they didn't even know they were parts of these experiments. Yeah, it's crazy. So, my personal opinion, I think remote viewing still goes on. Yeah. It still is taught. Well, if you can take it. classes on it, it's definitely going on somewhere. It's going on somewhere. Yeah, it, it isn't so. I am super tempted tempted to take yeah. one of these classes, and I right. might do it and see if I can report back and if anything happened. I'm, yeah. I'm not super intuitive. I meditate, and I do right. that. And I really, I know all, like, weird things happen to me externally mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. but I myself am, right. like, I, I'm not really intuitive. Yeah, I don't same. have all that kind of So I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I mean, I was reading Lynn Buchanan's explanations of how to do it, and he was losing me. So <laughs> I was like, I don't really understand. Right. Question. Yeah. But he's got a book that I read that's, he goes into all kinds of details of places that he had seen and things that he saw that were going on. And, mm-hmm. and so I don't know what to make of it, but I just don't, funnily enough, believe when the CIA says, oh, yeah, no, we Mm -hmm. weren't doing that. Okay, we were, but we stopped. Right. And they have in their own reports, well, they did have statistically significant results. So why would they stop? $20 million a year is chump change for the government to be spending. That is chump change. Right. They spend that on toilets and coffee makers. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't think. So there are some more articles that you can read that I um, Freeze.com has an article with personal experiences with remote viewing and testing. Mm. Um, the EOCinstitute.org has articles on 
remote viewing and how, you know, the, do you know you have the ability to go deep within your mind beyond five, all five normal senses and do extraordinary things you never thought possible. That's the opening. Um, and they talk about remote viewing that it requires a certain mastery of mind. And, you know, I haven't got I have much. almost zero <laughs> mastery of mind. And also um, Columbia University, their papers, um, and it's, the site is chowtest.cc.columbia.edu. And they have got some papers on remote viewing and talking about the clairvoyant remote viewing used, um, sponsored by the U.S. for mm -hmm. psychic spying during the Cold War years. And they talk about the research program called Anomalous Cognition. And it's pretty interesting. And it's all comes under that Stargate project. Hmm. And so it's also sometimes referred to ESP, but remote viewing is like targeted. Mm -hmm. Right. And You're specifically like going yeah. mentally to some other location. But apparently this is something that many ancient civilizations appear to have been acquainted with. And the instructions for remote viewing are strikingly similar to the detailed instructions given in the Yoga Sutra. Oh. So it's not new, like India, huh. Chinese scriptures, um, have like in similar instructions right. on how to do this type of that's crazy targeted extrasensory perception. So I might actually take one of those Udemy courses because it's not very expensive, and then I could see if I, I really have no idea. So how could we test it though? Yeah, you would have to go to my house, write something down on a piece of paper, put say something, hey, Ophelia, and not tell me right what it was. Oh, that is so... But I, I don't, don't... Like, literally, physically, how... I don't understand how this can work. And, like, seeing... Be, yeah. Like, the fact that they could see other people that were, like, going to the same location. Like, what? But I don't understand how solar panels work, and I have them. So just because I don't true. understand how something That's works... That's true. And, like, I don't understand... I don't, I don't understand a lot. But, like, <laughs> I get at least, like, my eyes are here, I see from here. How can they say, like, okay, now go to these coordinates, and now you can also see from here? I don't understand. I don't get it. Well, I guess they close their eyes and they do some kind of white noise thing or they go or they count them down mm -hmm. so it's like a, they're meditating but I don't another thing I don't understand when you meditate and people claim to ju just generally say mm -hmm. they enter these altered states and have these experiences or they communicate with other entities how do you know it's not your imagination I guess right right like, if you're going to these coordinates and seeing these things, right. I mean, how do you I know don't, that? How does, how is someone else there to see what you're seeing and know right. that, and verify what you're seeing? Mm -hmm. Or are they giving, because they're not saying go to see the USS Constitution. Well, I've been to the right. Constitution. Yeah. So I could sort of describe mm -hmm. general what, things yeah. that would match up. Mm hmm. But if they're just telling me coordinates and they know it's the U.S. Constitution and I concentrate on those coordinates, how do I go to those coordinates and say, oh, I'm on the Constitution? And they're like, oh, congratulations. That's what it is. Like, I don't I don't get it. No, me either. And like, I don't inherently know where things are based on coordinates. Well, either. first of all, I don't even know where her things inherently are using Google Maps. Same. So, so. Same. <laughs> no, so, I yeah, I don't. That's just crazy to me. It, it all crazy. just seems crazy. It is crazy. So you should take a class and let I us know. I think I'm going to take a I class. I think you should tell us. Let yeah. let you know. But I don't know how I'm going to test it. We're going to have to come up with a method to test it. Yeah. Put like a secret note at my house and a secret note at Courtney's house. We'll give you our coordinates. 
I guess I wouldn't have to, if I know where I'm going, I mm-hmm. could just concentrate maybe on you guys. Well, I don't know. I didn't take the course. So right. maybe yeah, once that's... I take the course, <laughs> they'll probably give you, maybe they give you a way to test it. Yeah, maybe they do. That's crazy. That's just like... Imagine if billionaires have this secret and they've been keeping it from us all this time. <sighs> wouldn't surprise me, frankly. No, you no, know what? It actually either. makes a lot more sense than a lot of other things happening. It does. <sighs> Oh, see, now I feel creepy. Like there's going to be a bunch of people spying on me that I don't even know why they're spying on me, but they could just be sitting at home being like, I'm just going to go creep on Tori. Look at that. She's still playing Oh, I remember a long time ago, I was watching a show and it it was with Raymond Moody, who is the the, um, life after death researcher, like the Mm, life after, mm -hmm. like people come back and they tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And Joan Rivers, mm-hmm. and she did some kind of an astral projection and went to her daughter's like apartment and was walking around and said she saw a dress laid out on the bed and she saw, and I wish I could remember where I saw it. It just popped into my head now that I had seen this show. Remotely? And I'm always, yeah, it did, <laughs> it did. And I'm always suspicious when things are on TV. Anything I with TV, I always right. feel like, even when people write books, like I like Lynn Buchanan, but when people write books or do stuff to get money, right. you're selling a class. Mm-hmm. I'm always skeptical if right. there's money in it for you. Mm-hmm. But I have to believe the Unimi classes have like five star ratings high. Yeah. So I have to believe if enough people were spending their money taking it and nothing was happening, mm-hmm. that would get out eventually. Mm-hmm. Because Lynn Buchanan runs workshops and people right. supposedly get all these results. Right. And he, it's like these two week retreats. Hmm. I mean, wow. I'd have to know more about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much of this sort of thing is is self-persuasion. Right. But yeah. I feel like if the military is doing it and saying, well, there was a si- statistically significant difference, they just couldn't, um, they couldn't rule out, I guess, people knowing about things before. But some of that yeah. stuff, I don't know how they would know. Right. Or maybe the information well, was too general. Yeah, if it's just coordinates, right? Like some people might know generally what latitude and longitude And the other thing I was thinking, maybe it did work Mm -hmm. in a way and they were able to go and see stuff, but they were never able to get enough stuff to be helpful. Right. Like that they could just use surveillance and get the amount of information. Right. That they, so it wasn't worth. Yeah. Maybe they just couldn't pinpoint it enough, but even even if that's the case, Mm -hmm. it could still be something that works. Yeah. It just doesn't work for what they were using it for. Can you hear things? Is it like a full? I don't know. Oh, that's so weird. I do. I want to try it, though. Yeah. I do and I don't. Yeah. Like everything else on this podcast. Right, I, exactly. I'm curious. Well, no, not your like, part. Your part, I don't. No, that's no. I don't think either don't. of us want any part but of my, my part, half of the show. My half, I do. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I yeah. 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 No, definitely agreed. So what do you think of remote viewing? I love hate it. Yeah, me too. I'm curious about it. I don't want anybody to remotely view me. That's what I'm saying. Like, I actually don't want to be viewed not remotely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to be reviewed, like in in any capacity. Please do not perceive me. But that's such an interesting. Yeah, and like. I wonder what it must have been like to work for the CIA in the 70s because they were just like, hey, do you guys want to just like put a bunch of people on LSD and not tell them? Like, ah, sure. (laughs) Why not? Like, do you want to like do mind control and just make slaves out of some of our own people? I mean, 
just, I don't have anything just else to, just going to see on. what would happen. Yeah, I don't really. I'm I'm not really busy, so why not? Well, I grew up in the '60s and '70s. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, the '70s were a wild time. I mean, there were no mm-hmm. rules. Right. There right. were no seatbelts. Sure, sure. There were, you know, you just do whatever you wanted. Of course. Sort of. Well, yeah. And yet nothing. Wow. You could do whatever you wanted, but you also couldn't stray from societal norms at all. So yeah, it was kind of a weird a, time, a weird time. Yeah, it was yeah. a weird time. Wow. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I don't want to be remotely viewed or viewed in any capacity, but thanks for telling well, me about that. Well, remote viewing is one of those things I would like to remotely view. Yes, maybe. But I do not want to be remotely viewed. Same, same. I think that's probably, yeah. That's a that's a I might do it. Good I think I'm gonna do that course. I'm yeah. gonna put all my links and everything yes, and as we'll always put links to the course. I have no idea if the course is any good. I didn't take it right yet, but I might mm. I might have to do a follow-up. Yeah. No, that'd be really cool. And my follow-up would probably be I couldn't meditate, I didn't do anything because I'm terrible yeah, at meditating. I'm, I'm a not terrible even, I can't meditator. even like do yoga. So I don't yeah, know. I'm really bad at meditating. I don't think I'm the target audience for remote viewing. Or like to learn to remote view, but and then the last time I meditated, it was like a few years ago, and I don't know if this was just my imagination, but I felt like someone spoke in my ear. (gasps) Maybe you'd be really good at remote view. Maybe you're already remote viewing. Jumped like two feet off the bed and scared the cat, and and never meditated again. Yeah, because that freaked me out. That's terrifying. Actually, I was like, yeah. is anybody? I was doing the meditation. If anybody here, and I felt like I heard someone say "Robert" in my ear. Ooh! Like, no. Oh my god! I've never but heard it, that story it, before, but I hate it so much. I'm never gonna meditate. Well, that's like when they talk about like on Ghost Adventures or all these ghost shows. They're yeah. like, is anybody here? And someone shows up and they take off. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you here? I didn't think you were really here. That's why I said it. <laughs> And that's that for 30 minutes. That's that, the show. Yeah, that's, that's, that's basically every single episode. I yes. talk about something and then I talk about why I don't want it. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'll go to the place and then if it shows up, I'm going to be really upset about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, Think creepy. of all the opportunities people have had to actually ask these spirits questions. Yep. And they don't because they're just... They just run screaming just away like I would. Running. Oh, yeah. But... The difference is I don't go to those places. You should be prepared, friends, on these ghost shows, right? You did all the research. Ask some questions. <laughs> so that's my remote viewing, Tori. Uh, all right. Well, do you want to be depressed now? Oh, my God. <laughs> you said you wanted to do this podcast with me, so you have to I listen to my depressing story. I don't want to be depressed, but I feel like I'm contractually obligated. Pretty much, yeah. At depressed. least familiarly obligated but, yeah. by this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead. All righty. So today we're going to Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we're actually going to be talking about something. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I feel about Florida. <laughs> that Florida man. No offense indeed. to Florida people, but it's too hot down there for me. It's too oh, too many alligators. Too hot yeah. all the time. Yeah. Although I had a blast when I went down to it's Disney. Great for three days. It's a great place to go on vacation. But yes, man, I was. I don't never think I been that there. hot in my life, and it was May. Yeah too hot no 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 Mm-mm. i can't yeah i was born north of the wall i, I melt <laughs> i melt <laughs> oh true for all of us seriously Okay, so like I said, the story's pretty recent. Um, 
So in the summer of 2017, Savannah Gold was 21 years old, so she's pretty young. She's working as a server at Bonefish Grill in Jacksonville, um, and she'd been working there for about two years. Uh, she'd received a scholarship to go to college, but instead she decided to stay home and help take care of her mother because her mother Sherry was undergoing chemotherapy. So you already know something terrible yeah. is going to yeah. happen to Savannah because... Great story, Tori. Yeah, Thanks. okay, that's it. Savannah didn't go to college, and that's the end of the story. Yeah. Thank you, guys. So on August 2nd of 2017, at about 5.20 p.m., Savannah left her house where she lived with her parents and drove to the restaurant for her 5.30 p.m. shift. Her house was only about 10 minutes away from the restaurant, but Savannah never made it inside of Bonefish Grill. Um, her coworkers apparently didn't think much of Savannah missing her shift, and they just considered her to be a no-show on that day. Um, and nobody thought that anything was weird or wrong until about 6.30 p.m. when Savannah's parents got a text from their daughter. And the text read, Hey, I just wanted to tell you and mom I met a really great guy and we are running away together. I love him and we are leaving tonight. I'll call you later when we get to where we are going. Which I can show you later, but... It, there's like a lot of misspellings and like weird spaces and stuff. It looks like a very strange text. Um, plus like also immediately concerning when your kid's just like, by the way, I'm leaving. Mm. See ya. So less than a minute later, Savannah's brother, Chris, also got a text from her. And this mm. text said, hey, I quit. I'm leaving with my boyfriend. I can't do this shit, anything. I'm fine. Just want to get away. So, like I said, of course, her family was immediately suspicious. Yeah. Um, the texts were riddled with spelling errors and mistakes that weren't characteristic of Savannah's typical messages. They tried texting her. They tried calling her. Uh, but the phone seemed to already have been turned off, even though I'm sure they pretty quickly were trying to call her right after this. They called the Bonefish Grill, hoping that they could talk to Savannah since she was supposed to be working. Um, but then they found out that she hadn't shown up for her shift. So they went immediately to the police to report Savannah missing. And the police quickly found her car since it was in the parking lot of the restaurant where she worked. So she made it all the way to Bonefish Grill, but she never actually made it That's inside. terrifying. Isn't it? That, like, she was literally about to go into her job and she never made it there. So there's this, like, very brief window of, okay, here's her car. How did she somehow not make it all the way into the restaurant? Yeah, it's really scary. So the doors of the car were unlocked and one of the tires was slashed and Savannah's purse was still inside the car. Her credit cards, her wallet, and her license were all still there. And the only thing that was missing was her cell phone, which of course, that's how she had texted her parents, supposedly. Fortunately, the police acted quickly enough that the surveillance footage of the parking lot was still available, which I feel like this, ne this almost yeah. never happens. Yeah. They're always like, oh, we don't actually record it or it's been recorded over you or whatever. You would think you would learn that, yeah. that at this point, so many people have disappeared. Just go get any surveillance, yes. surveillance footage Immediately. Right away. Yeah, all the time, no matter what. So what they found on the tapes was really disturbing. I didn't watch it. It, it. I know it wasn't available as of last year. I don't know if it's available now. I don't know how gruesome it is or anything, but I wouldn't recommend that you ever watch anything like this. So I'm not sure if it's like particularly graphic or anything, like I said, but I still wouldn't watch it and I'm not going to watch Just it. Just the idea that you're watching this happen to someone. Right. Is That's horrifying. horrifying. Yeah. No, no, thank you. So at 5.31 p.m., Savannah arrived and parked her car in the large parking lot outside of Bonefish Grill. A silver Chevy Malibu pulled up near where she was parked. 
Savannah walked up to the car and spoke with the driver for 14 minutes. At 5.45 p.m., she got into the backseat of the car, and at this point is when the intentions of the other person in the Chevy Malibu became clearly malicious. So just 14 seconds after Savannah got into the backseat, the car began to shake intermittently as if there was a struggle happening inside the car. Three times, the rear door of the car was pushed open from the inside and then quickly shut again. So I watched this video from JCS Criminal Psychology, um, and they described it as though someone inside the car was trying to get out, but they weren't able to. And this went on for just 49 seconds. So this was like really, really quickly this was happening. And just like, I can't even imagine like seeing this, even just as a video, which is so scary. So then after less than a minute, a man got out of the car, went up to Savannah's car and reached inside and pulled something out of it. The quality of the video was really grainy, so investigators couldn't identify exactly what he took or who he was, um, but they could tell that he had short brown hair and he was about 5 foot 11 inches tall. He slashed Savannah's front tire with a knife, got back into his own car, and at 6.04 p.m. he left the parking lot, and Savannah was never seen getting out of his car. So, of course, it was important for investigators not to let anyone know what they had learned from the surveillance tape or to explain, like, to tell anybody that they had found this. She must have known the person somehow. She must have known the person, right? That's, yeah. But they don't want anybody that they're going to talk to to know that they know this information in case, you know, they can sort of change their alibi to fit this story, right? So they began by questioning all of Savannah's coworkers. Apparently three of them were suspicious, so they investigated what, investigated what cars each of them drove. One of them didn't even have a license. Um, the second one drove a red Jeep Car- Cherokee, and the third drove a 2012 silver Chevy Malibu, an mm. exact match for the car in the surveillance video. So this is her coworker, so she definitely did know him. The owner of the Chevy Malibu was 28-year-old Lee Rodarty, Bonefish Grill's head chef and manager. He was the first of the employees to be interviewed by the police, and he told them that he hadn't seen Savannah in three weeks. Investigators found out from other employees that the two had actually been in an on-and-off relationship for eight months, despite the fact that Rodarty had been in a relationship with a woman named Chelsea for 12 years. This relationship was also against company policy since Savannah was a server and Rodarty was a manager. So like a lot of places, Mm -hmm. people can't have, you know, there can't be relationships with, you know, superiors and stuff like that, which I think is pretty standard. Uh, Rodarty had seemed particularly distraught when he found out that Savannah was missing and even helped her parents search for her and put up missing person flyers. That is such a dick move. Yeah. On August 5th, just three days after Savannah's disappearance, police arrested Lee Rodarty during his shift at Bonefish Grill. They claimed it was for an outstanding traffic warrant. They left him in the interrogation room for 90 minutes before the investigator who'd questioned Rodarty the day before came into the room. And I actually watched like a lot of the footage from the interrogation, um, and it was part of that JCS criminal psychology video, Mm -hmm. so it was really interesting. There were some parts that were cut out, but it was really interesting to see. 
When asked what he knew about Savannah, Rodardi did something that I think is pretty typical that a lot of people do when they lie, which is over-explaining. Yeah. He spent about five minutes detailing his and Savannah's relationship, including how they would use pain pills together until she brought heroin into the equation, which is when he told her he wanted to cut off contact with her. Um, and she promised him that she'd delete his number and leave him alone uh, about three weeks before she went missing. And he confirmed with the investigator that this was the last contact he had had with Savannah. Which is like, they just said, how do you know Savannah? And then he goes into this literally yeah. five minute long diatribe, yeah. like detailing their full entire relationship, supposedly. You could have just said, we work together. Really? <laughs> Seriously? Or even like, we dated on and off. That it doesn't actually have to be more, co again, not trying to give advice to murderers. <laughs> Tips but, and tricks on murder. Right. Or by being a better liar, even. Yeah, no. He did admit he'd lied to the police about the last time he saw her. He actually did see her on the Wednesday of her disappearance. He claimed Savannah had been telling coworkers that the two were boyfriend and girlfriend and that they'd recently had sex. Because that sounds just because exactly... that would come up. <laughs> right, he's my boyfriend and we had sex. Hey, have you seen Lee today? He's my boyfriend and we had sex. So. <laughs> like, that's totally exactly <laughs> how any conversation goes that's between normal. people. Yeah. And apparently when the two were in the parking lot together, he asked to speak to her about it. She told him she was high on heroin and it had made her paranoid. And she asked if she could sit in his backseat, which in that criminal psychology video, the guy was like, well, most people say heroin doesn't make you paranoid. And even if it did make her paranoid, why would she have driven to work? Like that just doesn't, um, like this just doesn't really add up just about the heroin part. Like never mind the rest of it, which is kind of interesting. He said when he asked her to stop telling people that they were a couple since they'd mutually agreed to stop seeing each other, she became angry. And in Rodardi's words, she said, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. And I do kind of agree with that quote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that she was going to, quote, keep telling people lies. So she personally said to him, I'm going to keep telling people lies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't really believe I've heard the story so far. Then he said that with her phone in her hand, she got out of the car and walked away, which we already know from the surveillance video, this isn't what happened. Yeah. Uh, he then claimed that a green Ford pickup truck pulled around and Savannah got in. Okay. Right. Was so that it just explained, yes, she got in my car. All these things happened. And then she got out, got in some random truck of someone and drove away. I don't you know what happened to her after that. Works, it would know they have surveillance video. You would think that, right? I think this place was kind of in like a strip mall, it looked like. So I wonder if it was like, you know, whoever owned the whole entire building had surveillance. Maybe it wasn't specific to the restaurant and that's why he wouldn't have known about it. Or maybe he thought he was like in the area. to see the cameras. I mean, you can no. see, you see them. Doesn't sound like he's too bright either, no. though. So that's entirely no. possible. While the interrogation started pretty casually, uh, and it felt like the investigators just wanted to clarify a few details. They always do. They should, yeah. They always, you know, I people talk about, you know, when you see TV shows and they're going in like tough guys and they're, mm -hmm. you know, threatening them and beating them and doing all that. I've seen some of the actual, mm -hmm. you know, they've released sometimes. Right. Some of the footage, like they did one with Chris Watts. Mm -hmm. and they go in. And yep. they're smooth and they're laughing. Mm -hmm. Can I get you a cup of coffee? And yes. Like your and they just start talking about all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're going on and on and they're just, and it's very subtle. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a couple, and then all of a sudden you're all talking like friends. Yep. And then as time goes on, 
the person starts to let out information they don't yep. even realize. Yeah. And it's all being recorded. And right. And they have they this information it. that directly contradicts what you're saying. They know they have video footage that you're lying. And that's the other thing, too. Yeah. When someone from, from the FBI is asking you something, he probably or she yeah. already knows the answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. trying to yeah. find out how guilty are you. Mm-hmm. And are you going to help yourself out? Yeah. Are you going to confess? Or are you just going to make things worse for yeah. yourself? Yeah. No, it was really interesting to see. And they let him wait there for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's just for a traffic warrant. And then they just let him sit yeah. in there for 90 minutes. It's all minutes. psyops. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my God. I, even if I knew I had never done anything wrong, if they said, oh, you have a traffic, I would already be so stressed out. We were driving the other day. I was driving with my son and there was a police officer behind us. And I said, you know. I know I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not going over the speed limit. I haven't run a light. My sticker's up to date. My registration's up to date. Yep. And I'm still nervous having a police yes. officer drive behind me. Yes. And he says, well, he says it's like you worry they're going to find something you're doing wrong that you didn't even know you were doing Seriously? wrong. Seriously. <laughs> Wait, I did I murder like someone and I forgot? <laughs> like how? No, that's so true. Did I not see a, a yield sign? Or did right. I, whatever. I just... Right. Don't. Like, I do deserve to be arrested, and I just don't know why. <laughs> no, it's crazy. So, yeah. yeah if I, you actually did murder someone, and then you I'm were pretty sure I would half, crack under any amount of interrogation. Zero percent. There's no way I wouldn't crack. under. They'd be like, hey, what's your name? And I'd just start crying. Like, there's no... I would not be able to handle it in any way. No. Definitely not. So, yeah, it's pretty quick that the atmosphere in the interrogation changes. They asked him about a wound that he had on his neck, which he kind of pauses, and then he says that it's self-inflicted from a couple of weeks ago, Mm -hmm. Um, but it Mm -hmm. looks pretty fresh. Seems legit. Seems legit. Right, which, like, maybe that's true. Should have worked harder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it also looked to be, like, a pretty fresh wound. It didn't look like something that had happened several weeks before. but eventually, the investigators reveal that they have proof that Savannah never left Rodardi's car, and 56 minutes into the interrogation, the video stops. Um, they haven't released this part of the video, but we know that after this, Lee Rodardi admitted to murdering Savannah Gold. He said that in his car in the Bonefish Girl parking lot, he wrapped his hands around her neck, supposedly to defend himself against her, and heard a pop. After that, Savannah was dead. Did you see the size of her? Uh, no, but... She's teeny. She was teeny. Yeah. And he he was a decent-sized guy. Well, I had to defend myself. Right, exactly. From, yeah, no, it's... Yeah. He then took Savannah's body home and tried to burn it in a fire pit in his backyard. He wrapped her body in a plastic sheet and a blanket, bound her in duct tape, and dumped her body into a retention bond. Retention pond. When her body was recovered, 75% of it was burned and it had already begun to decompose, making it difficult for the medical examiner to determine a cause of death, simply calling it homicidal violence. They could tell, though, that her neck wasn't broken, meaning that Rodardi likely didn't hear any kind of pop that he was describing. To strangle a person to death takes about four or five minutes, and from the video footage, we know that Savannah was only in the car for under a minute before Rodardi drove out of the parking lot. And though she said she told him she was high on heroin, the medical examiner confirmed that she didn't have any drugs in her system, which definitely would have still been there if she had literally died minutes after getting into his car. Lee Rodardi was charged with second-degree murder, tampering with evidence, and abuse of a corpse. 
Even though he confessed during the interrogation, he later tried to plead not guilty. It doesn't work that way. So he also tried to use the stand your ground law as a defense to have the murder charge dismissed. Yes. Oh my God, this guy's a piece of work. Seriously, yeah. And this would have required the prosecution to prove that Rodarty was not defending himself from Savannah Gold in order for him to be found guilty of murder. However, the judge refused and Rodarty later pled guilty in order to avoid a life sentence. On March 11, 2021, so just two months ago, Lee Rodarty was sentenced to 40 years in prison with credit for time served for the murder of Savannah Gold. Strangely enough, in 2018, Lee Rodarty's sister, Amber Camarillo, whose maiden name is Rodarty, was sentenced to 20 years in prison for the murder of Raquel Wallace at a Super 8 motel as a result of an argument over a car. So something genetically. They is, seem lovely. They seem like a really like fun a great family, family at Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah, they're poor mom, though. Well, their like, poor mom is probably part of the reason that, I mean, we don't... Maybe so. <laughs> you know, apples come from apple trees. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, I know we talked a lot about what happened after Savannah's death and not so much about Savannah herself. So, just to wrap this up, I wanted to read you a little bit from her obituary. Mm-hmm. Among her many passions, Savannah especially loved playing lacrosse, art, sewing, and dancing. She had an amazing soul and influenced everyone to be a better person. She was a natural caregiver, true empath, animal lover, and avid sports player. After her death, her family held a celebration of her life and asked that memorials be sent to Hubbard House, a domestic violence center in Jacksonville, as well as the ASPCA and First Coast No More Homeless Pets. So that's the story of the murder of Savannah Gold. Yeah, I know. I'm really, really sad. I'm glad they got justice, but... Yeah. I just don't know who, like, to me, especially as a parent, who the hell someone thinks they are to just come into your breeze into your life and take your baby away. Right, right. He clearly is the kind of person who saw, like, oh, I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing with this girl or whatever. And he thought that his future was going to go down the drain if she started telling people about it. I wonder if she was trying to break it off with him. Maybe. Finding out that he had someone. Maybe. That's totally possible. I have no idea. And, and, you know, that doesn't work for me. Right. And it's all about me. Right. Exactly. (sighs) Yeah. There's a whole part after the interrogation where he's just in the room by himself just saying like, oh, why did you do like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Savannah. Like, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it's just like, it's too fucking late. Like, don't be a murderer. I mean, and you're sorry because you got caught because you took her body home and tried to burn her. Seriously. It's not like you did something and something happened and you were like, oh my God, I think that I did this or I got angry and hit her and just that And I'm sorry. Right. You're sorry now. Right. Three days after you dumped her body in a retention pond. But you weren't sorry before. It's not that believable. You weren't going to say... And then you had all these excuses as to why it wasn't your fault. And you lied to the police multiple times. Like, I don't really care that you think you're sorry because you're (laughs) obviously not. No, you're sorry Uh, that you're going to face the consequences. Right, exactly. 40 years. Jeez. 
Oh, Tori, I don't mm. like that story very much. I didn't like it at all. That it was very depressing sad. to research. It is depressing. Uh, oh, before we go, I do want to read you my sources because yes. I forget 75% of the time, I swear <laughs> to God. Um, so I read a chameleon article written by Fatim Hemraj, an article from Jacksonville.com, Savannah Gold's obituary page on DignityMemorial.com, the interrogation transcript on CriminalWords.net, an article, an article from Kiro7 News, a video, like I said, from from JCS Criminal Psychology and the Hubbard House website. So we'll put those links on the website like we always do if you want to learn a little bit more about what happened to Savannah Gold. Very sad. It is very sad. Yeah. And again, I always wonder, not to make it worse, but when we talk about these sad stories, I always want to know later, like, does that place get haunted? Is that person stuck there because they talk about that with, like, traumatic events? I hope not. I hope not. I hope she's not a ghost. No, and just, it's always so sad. And, like, I also think about, too, like, all the places that we go by where people may have died that we don't know about. You know what I mean? This is just, like, a regular parking lot. That's what I'm saying. Like, you you drive by. Oh, so I used to have one of those... I downloaded one of those, like, ghost box apps just for kicks. Right. And I would kind of keep it on when I was in the car. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really believe it. Right. And I ended up getting rid of it because it wasn't of any use. But one time I was driving by that restaurant where where Nanny and Papa used to like to go. Mm -hmm. And it was on my route home. And as I drove by it, the little app went off and the voice said, in the dining room. (gasps) I said, oh. Delete. Delete the app. It works too well. Yeah. And so I didn't necessarily believe that that was anything. Because, you know. But it's just weird. You can see that there's a restaurant if you're on Google Maps or whatever. And someone could program it. But it just made me think, all these places I go by, houses I go by. Mm -hmm. And you know, how many tragic stories are there? How many things are someone's world is falling apart and you yep. have no idea you're just going on mm-hmm. with your life yep and yeah so anyway i just thought i'd bring the room down a little further a little bit more, a little more thank you so much we already did oh On the bright side, I'm happy that we're all together. Yes, and fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. Able and, to hang out. And eating pasta Alfredo <sighs> and big fat meatballs. Yes. And cookies, peppered mm. cookies. Yes. So much better. Because than- I had to I had to bribe them. I said if they come <laughs> and do it at my house, I'll feed them. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. It sort of worked. Yeah. My dogs are making it tough. Well, but, you know. You know. They're trying their best. There's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. It's a whole pack. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And they're all crazy. And they are. All, they're, <laughs> they're more like neurotic. Because they're little ankle yes. biters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then the little one is just kind of um, three and a half pounds of insanity. She's 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 a lot. Yeah. Yeah. She's about four pounds of come get it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so. Well, guys, we hope you liked our episode. Yes. This week, we're going to be weekly now. Mm-hmm. Yay. And we're hopefully not going to be dealing with any more of the lag, and we'll have yes. better sound quality, mm-hmm. and we won't be killing our poor editor. Yes. <laughs> Ruining her life on the weekly. Put everything together. Yes. So we're so happy that you're here. We hope you join us again next week. And if you 
like doing this to yourself and you want to continue doing it to us, uh, I am now off my Facebook ban, so <laughs> I don't know how long I'm going to be able to behave <laughs> before I get another one. But so far, the site, the web, the Facebook page is being updated. Yes. So you can follow us at Cul-de-Sac Insomniac on Facebook, mm-hmm. at Cul-de-Sac Insomniac on Instagram, at CDSI Pod on Twitter. And it, you could go to our website, culdesacinsomniac.com. You can read all our show notes there, mm-hmm. get all the links if you want to do some more research. You can also listen to the podcast there. Mm-hmm. We are, we're still having problems with Apple Podcasts. I I heard a lot of people are having problems with Yeah, I think with there's it. a lot of issues. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of people who either their episodes aren't uploading or they can't even get accepted onto it. But mm-hmm. we're on Amazon Music, Spotify, we're all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you, if you have anything you want us to research, mm-hmm. anything you want us to talk about, personal stories you want us to read on the air, or you just want to say hello, hit us up at cul-de-sac-insomniac at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. And it makes us feel good. And if you are on iTunes and if you are getting us on iTunes, because some people are. Yeah. Please give us um, a like, give us a five-star review, say something nice about us. It helps with the algorithm. It makes us feel better. Mm. And maybe it will fix our Apple problem. Hey, you never know. It's (laughs) worth a shot. It might. It's always possible. But um, so that's the cul-de-sac insomniac for this week, Tori. Did you have fun recording in person? I had a wonderful, terrible time. I did. Yeah, it was terrible. Well, it was terrible. In the same way it's always terrible. Exactly, yes. But now but technically we're much it was closer. much easier. It we, was much easier. We didn't, yeah. So we just spent four hours talking and eating instead of four hours trying to make it. Yes. Well, we did spend some time, you know, setting right. up. But, but we were eating while we were setting but then up. Eating, so that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Much better. Oh, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for doing this with me. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, Insomniacs. Bye. Bye. This episode contains this pit. I can't do it. Down. What? No, it's fine. It's fine. Do you want us to leave? No, you're good. You're good. I've just got like fucking. Do you want us to grow the fuck up? No. <laughs> it will not be happening. No, no. I just want to know if you want it. Oh my god! Watch as soon as I start doing it, the dogs are gonna start barking. You know that's true. My phone will start ringing. Oh. This episode contains depictions of violence and sexual... Oh, come on! I called it! I called it! God damn it. It's taken hours.